take a moment and pray. Father, thank you. Thank you. You're meeting us right now in this moment. Thank you, Lord. We have the just the awesome privilege of being in your presence. So let our hearts be open right now for the things you want to speak. Let your word move in our hearts in a way that it transforms us. Lord, we want to be made different as a result of meeting you in this moment. So change us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, welcome, everyone. And, uh, you know, on Sunday, I shared about I've never been more terrified and exhilarated all at the same time. And you look at our culture, you look at uh, what we're in the midst of and what we're struggling with, and you can look past that. You can look at us economically. You can look at us, how we're treating one another as uh, in humanity. You can look at what's going on around us, and we're in the midst of a pandemic. And a lot of things that you could take hold of and look at and say, I have no answers to. But at the same time, feeling exhilarated because I know for certain that... Um, when there's a breakdown, the breakthrough is about to happen. And when there's things in our life that are breaking down, often it's in those moments where we realize that we can't do those things in our own strength anymore. And when we realize we can't do it on our own strength, that there's only one who could strengthen us to do that very thing, to get us or meet us in that moment. And God wants to meet us in this moment in your life right now. If there was ever such a time Right now in your life, with all the things that are going on around us, God's speaking things. He's saying things. And what I can tell you is right now for us, as a people of God, that there's a battle that's ensued. And we think it has to do with our presidential race, our economics, uh, the way that we're treating one another in society. We think it has to do all those different things. What it has to do is it's a spiritual battle. And, and what has happened within our culture is we've lost sight of God. And we've lost sight of God because we've made it more about us in all that we do and less about him. And right now is a moment where we can possibly take this moment and refocus, even for us as we're here right now and maybe professing our faith as a Christian and say, Lord, meet me right now in this moment. And if you're going through a breakdown right now in your life, what I'm promising you, if you'll meet him right now, the breakthrough is here to come. That God's going to meet you in that place. Which all that led me to in my reflection of a little something I want to talk about tonight, which comes out of Matthew chapter 5. And if I was to ask you the question, what does it mean to hunger and thirst? What does that mean to you? And we might have different answers, but there, there are certainly answers that we can all agree on. All of us have had an experience with hunger and thirst in our lives in some way. The most common experience we've had with hunger and thirst is a physical hunger and thirst. We have all can say at one point in time, you were really hungry or you were really thirsty. And the truth is when we were really hungry or really thirsty, that, that it wasn't in that moment it began. It started way before that. Some of us hunger and thirst, and we're really not that hungry or thirsty. But we recognize that sensation physically. Something happens. Neurons happen. The brain indicates it. And, and when we hunger and thirst, the body begins to send signals to us to fulfill our very need. The phys physical body needs both food and water to survive, right? Those things have to happen. They're common elements for us and for our survival. The physical body can only go three weeks without food, and it can only go three days without water. So we're really 
focused when it comes to food and drink. We really kind of get hold of what that means to us because the body tells us we need it. There's a response to it. And we can also hunger and thirst for other things than just the physical. The physical is easy. It tells us. When I'm hungry, I have to eat something. When I'm thirsty, I have to drink something. But there's another thing that we hunger and thirst for. And the thing that we also hunger and thirst for is material things in our life. We might not know it at the time, but we have a desire. We have a desire for some things, and we become fixated on that desire. And it's a material thing. We've all done it. I've done it. You've got a cart on Amazon lined up with things you're waiting to buy. Maybe you already purchased. I'm not sure. And somehow we believe that thing is going to fulfill that very need that we have in our life. That desire that we have, it's going to fix something in our life. We, we believe that the money or the stuff will fill the void that we have in our life. So we continue to chase after it. Just as we would hunger and thirst for our physical need. We'll hunger and thirst for material things. And we don't even know it at the time. And we fall into it. And isn't it amazing when, when you focused in on that thing and, and you're going after it and it finally comes in your life, isn't there a sense of a little disappointment? And you get to that place and you're just like, oh, I can't wait, I finally, I got to this thing and whatever that thing might be or I've achieved this or I have enough money for this and you get to that moment and you go, huh, I feel a little empty inside. I have a hunger and thirst again. And we begin to chase after that next thing, whatever that next thing is to fill that void. We're so familiar with both the physical and material hunger in our life. And in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5 through 7, Jesus is teaching what it means to be his disciple. And we, we recognize it as the Sermon on the Mount, where he goes in to begin to teach these Beatitudes. And he's gathered his, I was thinking about this earlier, that he's beginning his ministry, and it really didn't begin until he's about 30 years old, and he starts his ministry, and, and, and this is his in-person ministry, not live stream. He's in person, gathering his disciples around him. Those he called to himself, the 12, and others who began to follow because of his teaching. And he begins to teach in a way that they weren't used to hearing. And he begins to unfold God's plan in these Beatitudes. And, and he, be, he begins to un, unfold them in a way that, that they've never heard anyone teach like this before. Because it was contrary to the culture. It was contrary to what they believed prior, the way that he was teaching. So here in this moment in the Beatitudes, he begins to unfold these very things. And he begins to teach those who are sitting around and listening intently to his teaching. And the Beatitudes is simply this for us to remember. It simply means this blessedness. And that blessedness is a supreme happiness. Not just I feel happy. It's a supreme. It's a divine joy. It, it actually means, the Beatitude actually means to be completely filled. That's what it means. I'm, I'm completely filled. Or I'm completely fulfilled. And being blessed or that blessing, what that means is that there's a divine favor that God met us in a moment. And that's what it means, that God's divine favor is working as a result in our lives. And if we look real quickly at Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, reading through it, there's one verse particularly I want to talk about tonight, one beatitude. And in verse 3, he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is what? The kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who are meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And then he gets to verse 6, and he says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for what? 
righteousness. Did you ever ask what that means? Or just reflect on that. What does it mean to hunger and thirst for righteousness? We know what it means to hunger and thirst in the physical. We know the hunger and thirst that we might have for the material. But what does it mean to hunger and thirst for his righteousness? To hunger and thirst for that fulfillment of what that is. And, and to hunger and thirst for his righteousness is simply this. It's a holy desperation. That there's a holy desperation in my life. That I'm seeking after the Lord in a way that I didn't know I was seeking before. And, and there's a longing for me to be more like Jesus in my life and less like the world. And I'm hungering and thirsting for this righteousness. And we desire to have Jesus take our unrighteousness so we can put on his righteousness. That's, that's that hunger and thirst. That, Lord, I know what you've done for me in my life. And I will never fulfill, I can never be righteous, but I can put on your righteousness. And that's what he fulfills through the cross and the resurrection. That we can now participate in his righteousness, not stir up our righteousness. So we put that on. But we're called to hunger and thirst for that very thing. To pursue righteousness is the desire to know a deeper depth of God's love. And I think right now, in this time and season, there is a need to seek after the Lord in a way we haven't sought before. That if you believe that there's a battle going on, if, if you're terrified or fearful of something, what I can tell you that will fulfill that very thing is pursuing after Him. And meeting Him in this moment, in this time. And to hunger and thirst for Him because only He can fulfill that very need or that very void in our lives. See, we've tried it with other things. Ever notice when you hunger and thirst in the physical, you get hungry and thirsty again? It's not a one-time, I'm fulfilled. Same thing occurs again in the material, that we hunger and thirst for certain things, and we go after it, and then, yet I'm hungry and thirsty again. Well, the same thing happens in the spiritual realm. That there's our hunger and thirst for that righteousness. And when we hunger and thirst for that righteousness, we continue to seek after Him and who He is knowing that only he can fill that very void that we have in our life if we allow him in, if we'll allow him into that place. That, that we're desiring him to come into our life because it's he who covers our unrighteousness and makes us righteous. It's he who fulfills who we're called to be by allowing him into our lives and, and that we're meeting him. It's he who comes into our life and brings us to that place of salvation if we truly desire to be more like him, if we truly desire to be all that he is in our life, we have to hunger and thirst for his righteousness. That that's where we have to be as a people of God and seeking after him and who he is and putting him in our lives. And what I can tell you and what I can promise you is I hungered and thirst for a lot of things in this world and none of them fulfilled that void I had in my life. And even as a Christian, and knowing who Christ is, and making a decision to follow after Him, I still have been distracted by things in the world that will make me lose focus or lose sight. And I think it's a time and a season for the church where there's a spiritual battle that's ensued. And it's a time for the church to press in and hunger and thirst in a way it's never hungered and thirst before. Because only He can fulfill that void that we have. Only He can meet us in that place. And we have to be willing to surrender. Surrender when? All the time. <laughs> oh, it's great that you come to the saving knowledge of who Christ is. That you recognize by grace through faith you can have a relationship with Him. 
that we repent and turn from our old way of life and ask him to come in. And surely knowing that we don't have to fear if, if, if we understand that there's an eternal life that's prepared for us as a result of relationship with him. But at the same time, I know as a Christian, I leak all over the place. I know that I, I fall short continually and I need his grace in my life on a regular basis. I know that I've got to continue to hunger and thirst for his direction and where he's leading me in my life. And we're called to hunger and thirst for his righteously, to desire him above all other things that this world has to offer. And what would that look like? What would that look like if I allow him in to every area of my life, not just some places in my life? You ever notice that, that when it comes to knowing him and who he is, that we kind of like let the Lord in some areas of our life, and then we say, no, I got it over here, I'm good. It's all right, Lord, I, I can manage this thing. You, you, you handle the other big things. I got this thing. And usually that other thing that we have is the very thing that's keeping us from allowing him to be all in in our lives. And that's why he desires. And he desires that because he loves us. He desires that because he's calling us into that place, to that relationship, that we would have that hunger and thirst for who he is, that desire for who he is, and that we would know that, that there's a blessing as we hunger and thirst, and we're being fulfilled as a result of that. See, righteousness has to do with being in a right relationship with God. That's all it means, that I'm going to put my life in the right relationship with who he is, that I'm going to align my life with him, and when we're in the right relationship with God, the promises that will be filled. That that's where we'll be fulfilled. As we hunger and thirst after him, that we seek him on a daily basis, that we allow him to every area of our life, that we truly can be filled in that moment. You know, often here in our church, that we open Decalogue and, and when we pray, and we're reminded to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We're familiar with that, right? And the second part is usually what? Love your neighbor as yourself. Did you ever think to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength means to hunger and thirst for his righteousness? Sometimes we say the words over and over again, but they're just words. But what does it mean? See, as we pursue God, we'll discover a greater depth of his love for us. If we don't pursue him, we won't know those greater depths. I was thinking about this earlier as well, and, and if I've just scratched the surface of my journey with the Lord, how much more do I have to learn to grow. If I just know a measure of his love, yet I can't comprehend the fullness of his love. I can't comprehend that God would send his one and only son to give his life for us as a ransom so that we can be reconciled to the Father. I can't comprehend that depth, that kind of love. And I've encountered a love that's just the beginning for me in my life. But how do, I, how do I pursue after him with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and with all my strength? And how do I turn that into a way that I daily hunger and thirst after him? How do I commit my life to pursue after him so that I can discover a greater depth of his love in my life? And I don't know about you. I don't know if you're satisfied with the amount or the measure you have, but I don't have enough. And the reason I don't have enough is because I fall short continually. 
I don't know how often you miss God, but I miss God a lot. I know it's my job. I'm not supposed to, but I do. I get so past God, he's like, hey, Brett, wait up. <laughs> and he's like, all right, run it out. Go ahead. And Because he loves me so much, he lets me run until I'm exhausted, and then I fall down. And then I go, I have high hunger, and I thirst. <laughs> and then I fill it with food and water, and then I buy something on Amazon, and I realize, nope, none of those things worked. I missed it again. And if there's anything in my life that I don't want to do is I don't want to miss God. I don't want to miss his plan and purpose for my life. And I can believe I'm fulfilling it right now, but what if there's more? And what if I just scratched the surface? And what if I'm falling short of hungering and thirsting after him? And I believe it's not just for us. I believe all around us that people are feeling that same way, particularly at a time like this, because we're looking for man to fix the problem, and the man doesn't have the answer, but God does. But we won't go to God unless we hunger and thirst. And because he loves us so much, he'll let us run until we exhaust ourselves. And maybe it's in that exhaustion we begin to surrender ourselves. You ever think about that? how far we think we got away from God, and the truth is we, we didn't get anywhere. The whole time we're running, we're running in circles. And he's like, I'm here. I love you. Would you like to know a deeper measure of my love? Come to me, all who are heavy, laden burden. I'll bring you rest, peace. And I desire to know him greater, but I can't force that to happen. I can't just just muster up enough spiritual strength, what I can do is surrender. And if I surrender, then I can truly pursue after God. If I surrender, I can truly begin in those moments discover a greater depth of his love for me. But i got to surrender. I've got to surrender first if I'm not walking in a relationship with him, and then i got to daily surrender to remind myself how much I need him. The scariest place in my life is to get to a point and believe that I've got it from here, God. I don't want to be in that place. I want to believe that I can continue to pursue after him in that way and, and, and know that his favor is upon those who pursue him. And that favor is to understand or engage this greater depth of love that he has planned for our lives. So what do we do? How do we get to that place? How do we fulfill that? You want to go back, read through Matthew chapter 5 through 7 and imagine Jesus sitting on the hillside and he's teaching that and he's talking about what the more blessed life would be of, of, of being humble and what that looks like and those who mourn and what that looks like. But when he gets to the line in verse 6 and he says, but blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for those who, who are surrendering so that they can live a life in the right way with God. And that's why I don't want to miss God, because I want to live in the right way with him. And I want to fulfill what he has in store for my life. I don't want to miss the plans he has. So what do we do? What, in that moment, what do we do? We have to be bold, and we have to ask for his Holy Spirit to fill our lives and to work in our lives and work through our lives because there's a power that he gives to us that can do more than we can ever ask or imagine, but we have to allow that power in our lives. And if we're in a relationship with who he is and we've welcomed him into our lives, that power is waiting for us. 
but we have to pursue him just as we would pursue all the other things that we want in our life. You know, the things that we pursue the most are the things we worship the most. It just is. If I look at my calendar, I look at my checkbook, and I look at where I spend all my time, that's where I'm worshiping at the time. And I'm called to correct that if I'm out of order in the sense that I might miss him. And i got to ask that question, Lord, teach me how to hunger and thirst that you would put those priorities right in my life so that I can understand a greater depth, so I can love you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, Lord. But not just for me, because there's something greater on the other side of discovering that love. It's how I'm going to love others as well. So we ask the Holy Spirit in and to, to fill our lives, to work through our lives. I'm going to give you a couple little easy points as a reminder. If you truly are sitting here right now and you want a desire and hunger and thirst after righteousness, living in that right way, pursuing after God, being used for his kingdom, You've got to come to that place to allow him in and whatever it is that you might need to surrender. So the first thing is you've got to be a person of prayer. You've got to, he's a relational God. And it's not just a prayer that we fling up once in a while, although I believe he hears those because he saved me that way. But it's a prayer because I'm going to work on that relationship and I'm going to be a person of that prayer and I'm going to grow in that prayer. And second is that I'm going to consume his living word and that's going to be alive in my life. And I'm going to put that as a priority in my life. Fourth is that I'm going to believe in his promises that he said. If his promises are yes and amen, I've got to believe in those promises. And I've got to live out those promises. And the fourth thing is I've got to abide in him. That means I'm going to align my life with him. I'm going to abide my life with who he is. And the last thing is community, which is fellowship. That I need that component in my life. Because if I have those areas in my life, that'll continue to help me hunger and thirst after him. Now I want you to close your eyes just for a minute. Now if you put all your worries aside and your circumstances aside, and you are honest with the Lord of the thing that maybe you need to surrender, right now, and if you really hunger and thirst for his righteousness, ask him. Say, Holy Spirit, come into my life. Here's a bold prayer. Invade my life. Here's a bolder prayer. Disrupt my plans. Holy Spirit, disrupt our plans. Why? Because we want your plan. We want to be in that right relationship. We want to know a greater depth of your love. So, Lord, I pray right now for all those who are watching online, for those who are in person, for all of us right now, that whatever we have to surrender, you would take. And whatever we have to do to let you in, Lord, uh, that you would break barriers in our life. And whatever breakdown or hard time or circumstance we're feeling, we're going to turn to you. Why, Lord? Because we want to hunger and thirst after you. We want to be a people of God. We want to grow in a greater love with you and a greater love with those you put in our life. So Lord, I pray, move in power and strength. Lord, come and work in our lives. See, a people who hunger and thirst for God are people who will give drink and food to those who are lost.
Father, I pray right now. I pray right now. Come. Invade our lives. Let us be a people, Lord, who didn't run from this moment, but a people who embrace this moment. Strengthen us and let us not grow weary for the greater work that you have in store. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to give you a moment right now, just for you sitting here and those who are watching, that, that we, to, to hunger and thirst for his righteousness, first I have to come into the right way with God, and the right way is a relationship with him. And here's what I want to promise you. God loves you right in the condition you're in right now. Here's the good news. I didn't have to get cleaned up before I came to him. He met me where I was at. Matter of fact, he still does that each and every day. That's good news. Remember, it's his righteousness, not mine. He takes my unrighteousness and puts on his righteousness. But you've got to ask that in in your life. And now if you're here and, and you haven't asked him in your life that way or you're watching you haven't asked him in your life that way, you've got to surrender. And maybe surrendering right now is this moment that you can have that relationship that he desires to have with you. He, he calls to you and he's welcoming you in. But you've got to ask him in your life. And I don't know the condition of a heart, but I want to pray that your heart would be open. So if you want to know him in that way, if you want to know that he's prepared for you an eternal life, not a temporal one, you have to let him in. And if you want to let him in your life that way, I want to pray with you. So here's what you do. Just pray after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the door of my heart and I ask you to come in. Take control of my life and make me the person that you want me to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now if you prayed that in person or you prayed it online, in person let us know. When you go out the doors, you can stop by and uh, we have a kiosk. Someone will give you some information. If you're online, there's a button you can click. Here's what I'm committed to. I'm committed to your journey with Christ. And I want to get you on that pathway of discipleship so you too can discover the greater love he has planned for you. Amen? Let's continue to worship the Lord.